0: Okay. Okay. It looks like we are live. I always, I always get a bit apprehensive when we start. When <laughs> you notice that, I mean, yeah, I'm always getting, i a bit paranoid.
1: Yeah, it's always a little, a little nerve wracking. I don't think, don't think we could be in broadcast TV Kane.
0: No, no, no. I, well, I don't think we're <laughs> polished enough, Dustin. <laughs> I don't think we're anywhere near polished enough for uh, for broadcast TV, but nevertheless, we are live. I do need to go and find the LinkedIn link and stick that in uh, in the event, as people are starting to. Uh... There's something about LinkedIn that what it doesn't do very well is um, doesn't let you share it very well, and so yeah. I just need to pop this in here. But anyway, Although, how are you doing? All,
1: yeah, doing okay. Although uh, we may be live on LinkedIn already, we've got Joe Campbell, who uh, I think is saluting us.
0: Ah, hello, Joe.
1: Although he says it's not sure if it's him, but he's not hearing anything. So, Joe, ah. Joe, we are speaking about you, even if you can't hear us. <laughs> I think what it is,
0: is that um, we're probably a little bit behind, so he might mm. be just seeing that intro graphic that might have been up there for a little bit longer mm. than uh, than intended. But anyway, here we are, here we are, uh, live on Vox World once again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, I'd like to give a special shout-out to the Conversation Design Institute for this mm. one. So they are sponsoring the podcast over the next few weeks. Uh, some of you might recognize conversation design uh, institute because it used to be the conversational academy it's now changed it's conversation design institute and uh they have the best selection of online courses for conversation designers that i've come across and i'm not just saying that because the are is it is the actual <laughs> is the actual truth i've done the course myself i've done all of the online courses i think uh, and this one is absolutely by far the best and so as people heading into Christmas start thinking about upskilling and, and training for the new year, uh, do check out the Conversation Design Institute because it's got everything you need to become a leading conversation designer because the people who have put it together are leading conversation designers, Dustin.
1: Yeah. Kane, are you going to buy your family gifts uh, gift certificates to the institute? I might do. I might do
0: just that. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I could learn. uh, Well, maybe it's asking me to take the course again because we could learn uh, or do with learning how to have good conversations uh, (laughs) in our family. Uh, (laughs) But no, no, I'll put the links in the show notes and I'll stick them on LinkedIn as well and YouTube for those tuning in. and here we are. The, the comments are working on LinkedIn now as well, which they weren't working before. So it's nice to see we can actually have the discussion as we go through without yeah. needing to switch channels and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's great to, to hear from everyone. Uh, if you're in the stream, say hi. Say hi. And, uh, you know, as you have questions, send those along. As you've maybe watched some of these streams before, you know, we'll plug some of those questions and ask, ask them. So send them along.
0: Nice. And so today, let's get on with it. Let's get on with today. I mean, I come across this concept a uh, few months back. I know, Dustin, you're familiar more than I am with RCS messaging, um, but the potential for RCS messaging is absolutely huge, and I'm really looking forward to delving into the ins and outs of RCS messaging, where it came from, what it's all about, and and you know how people can implement it, how brands can implement it, because um, because it is, as we'll find out, what the the future of conversational mm-hmm. messaging and maybe the future of conversational commerce. And so let's welcome our guests today. We have David Clark from BT. Welcome, David.
2: Hi there. Hi, Kane. Hi, Dustin.
0: And we have Tim Atkinson from Google. Tim, welcome. Hi, good to see you both. It's a pleasure to have you both on. Absolute pleasure. Um, David, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first and, and what you do at BT and, and how you come across RCS messaging?
2: Um, sure. Thanks, Kane. So, um, so yeah, BT. Um, I'm the strategy manager in BT Enterprise, looking after messaging. Uh, that means I look after both the kind of commercial and product innovation uh, for anybody who wants to send text messages. MSs are now MMSs are now RCS business messages over the EU network. Um, yeah, I guess kind of. I, I got recruited into BT a couple of years back to work in their Ventures division uh, to look at uh, kind of developing new businesses in BT. What would be the future revenue streams? Um, and kind of the way I came across RCS was looking at what we we're already doing today, which maybe could be done better. And I saw um, a fantastic opportunity where actually SMS. Uh, and specifically SMS used by business um, was growing and growing double digits um, every single year, uh, which coming from outside of the telco world was, I guess, really confusing. Maybe that's familiar to you guys, um, but uh, for me, it was a real surprise to learn that actually businesses are still using text messages, and the issue is increasing, and that's kind of led me to kind of explore what else was out there, and uh, that led me to find that actually RCS as a technology was uh, being developed, which potentially could replace it in the future.
0: Nice. Wicked. And uh, maybe maybe we'll, with Tim, you can tell us a bit about yourself. And as you do that, maybe you can tell us what RCS Messaging stands for at the same sure. time.
3: Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so my name is Tim Atkinson. I work for Google. I've been here at uh, Google for about three and a half years or so now. I work in the partnerships team, and I'm responsible for partnerships we have with uh, our carriers or mobile operators, as many of you know by. Um I specifically work on a suite of applications and services we have, which we call comms. Um, and they're generally around voice and messaging and video. And we work very closely with our carrier partners um, to help them uh, provide the best services to their Android users on their network. So we have a very close relationship with BT and EE and its sub-brands and work very closely with David and his colleagues. Um, so RCS specifically stands for Rich Communication Services. It's actually been around for quite a long time. Uh, nearly a decade, um, and it was put together initially by a, a group of some of the larger c- uh, carriers um, who were looking to develop SMS. Um, and and in that time, we've obviously seen the, the onset of what we term as over-the-top messaging, so messaging capabilities from the big tech companies like, like WhatsApp and Facebook uh, are two great examples. And RCS is very similar to to that in terms of a very modern and rich messaging capability.
1: Nice. Um, yeah, so just going to go straight to the the, the big question. What's wrong with SMS? Why, why aren't we just uh, sticking with that?
3: Well, I can answer that. So um, I think the one thing about SMS is there's nothing that's wrong with it as such, I would say. it's a, It's an old technology. It's been around for 30 hmm, odd years. I think many people will know that um, that SMS was something that engineers used in the US, also those networks to send data, short uh, packets of uh, of information, data information to each other, um, and it was um, it was it, it, it hasn't evolved a lot apart from being able to make a, a single message longer when it appears in your inbox. So it's a it's a legacy service that's been around a long time. If you were to pinpoint things that are wrong with it, I would say that it's uh, security is an issue. Um, and as we see a lot of spam and fraud. And obviously, it's uh, it's just limited to text. I know you can do funky things with text. When I joined the telecoms industry 27 years ago, SMS was a big and new thing, and we opened up interconnect in the UK between the carriers, and a lot of my colleagues said, well, why would I ever want to send a message to anybody when I can pick up this fantastic phone I've got and have a real conversation? Well, over that 20-odd years, it's become messaging has become a huge thing. Um, There's limitations with SMS as well. So it's black and white uh, uh, text messaging is simply what it is. It does stand for short message service. It is a short message service. Um, A good way to look at it is comparing a black and white TV that has three or four channels to a full uh, multimedia TV, which does streaming channels and is fully interactive. That's actually a good way of sort of comparing uh, SMS to RCS today.
0: Mm, And presumably, I don't, I don't know this for sure, but presumably SMS messaging is slightly more pricey, is it?
2: I'll let David um, actually comment on that.
0: David, is yeah, SMS so, uh, messaging more pricey. Yes,
2: yeah, so I mean that. So, so I guess in terms of what's wrong with SMS, actually, there's nothing wrong with SMS. Um, it actually does what it does very efficiently. It's very effective of delivering a short message to a user uh, and actually users open and read those messages very effectively. So um, there's no better channel out there uh, um, other than now RCS to be able to get a user to open and read your message. Um, In terms of price, um, that's where kind of exactly uh, we all know kind of um, that. Text messages aren't free. Um, so maybe you'll get them as part of your bundle today as a consumer, but still international texting can cost you. And that's one of the reasons why we all use WhatsApp now, we all use Facebook Messenger now, for example, because it's it's free to message internationally. Um, but and that's where in terms of the price, price this is where RCS does improve upon that potentially as well. Because one of the problems with SMS is because you're being charged for individual messages. It's great for short conversations, but as you start to get into lengthier conversations, imagine doing a customer care type conversation. You could have 30, 40, 50 messages back and forth between an agent um, and a consumer. So SMS could get quite pricey quite quickly, which limits those sorts of use cases. Uh, But with RCS, because it's it's designed from the ground up to be much more conversational, um, it doesn't restrict those kind of use cases, especially from a price perspective as well.
0: Interesting. So, am I right in uh, and, uh, Tim? I think you had some corrections for me when I when I asked you this prior to this episode, but <laughs> I'll try it. I'll try it again because I think it was it was good. So, what am I right in thinking then that the RCS messaging a way of thinking about it is that RCS messaging is WhatsApp, but natively on an Android device or, or a handset of some description.
3: Yeah, that that is a good way of thinking about it, actually. I think uh, another way to think about it, just to complement what we were just saying there, is um, lots of the multimedia messaging services which are used today, which have great functionality in them, they're over-the-top messaging services, as we call them. So they're provided by non-Telco companies. Um, RCS is actually a Telco standard. It's a telecom standard. It's uh, standardised through what's known as a universal profile, which is managed and maintained by um, the GSMA. Um, and it's a, it's a carrier standard. So you, you're probably going to ask me in a minute why Google is involved, and we can come to that. Um, and what it means is when the, the, the part you just said about being native is, is kind of critical to this. So if you think about it now, I just think everybody you know and everyone who's on the, listening to this knows that if you've, got a, if you've got a mobile phone in your pocket today or in your hand, it will do SMS. It's a standard thing that it does. Even if it's just a, a dumb sort of feature phone, it will do SMS. And that is the foundation, if you like, for RCS. So we're building upon that. And all new phones that are shipping today, Android phones, come with um, RCS capability built into them. And uh, it's also part of the new 5G standards, which is, again, part of the G- GSMA. It's part of the 5G standards. And um, those who want to research this a bit more, you'll see in China now that the Chinese networks are rolling out 5G as a standard part of their 5G offerings
1: until you you mentioned a couple of times uh, Android phones and and I know you're at Google is that why you're mentioning Android phones or is it only yeah. Android phones that are supporting RCS?
3: Yes today it's um, today it's Android phones that support RCS. Um, uh, iPhone or Apple haven't got into it yet um, I would, that's something that we, we expect to come we, the industry expects to come in the future but right now this is about um, this is about Android devices. Um, obviously, iPhones come with a with a great iMessage service, or they you know, call it Messages, actually rich service, which is again very similar to RCS, which is proprietary uh, Apple uh, standard, uh, uh, Apple protocols that they use. And RCS is a is a carrier grade carrier standards um, which is used for that.
1: So then, is RCS? Am I right to assume that this is more B to C rather than? P to P, right? Is this more businesses communicating with consumers, or are people communicating with each other? And if the latter, uh, how do you handle it? Are like, are you asking your friends? Are you on iOS? Can you support RCS? Or is it really just for those business communications?
3: Yeah, well, actually, that's a good question. I probably should have said that without being prompted. But yes, it's uh, so RCS is two flavors, if you like, or two parts. these two to parts of the cake, if you like, parts of the sandwich. So the base part is what we call RCS. This is Rich Communication Services, and this allows person-to-person chat messaging. Um, those of you who have already had this on your Android phone, you'll, you'll, you'll never see the word RCS or the letters RCS. You'll actually see chat as opposed to SMS or MMS. Um, it allows you to, uh, to communicate and have conversations in a rich way with your friends and family and colleagues. On top of that, um, we have what we call RBM, which is RCS Business Messaging. RCS Business Messaging is the opportunity for uh, businesses to be able to utilize this channel and to be able to send messages to their their customers. Um, WhatsApp do this already, and obviously it's it's very prevalent in SMS today. Um, we call it ATP messaging in SMS, and uh, it's something which has been around for a long time, but as we were just saying earlier, there's limitations with SMS. Spam is actually a bit of a problem when you get a message from a business, you don't recognize the number, it might have a long URL in it, you kind of think, is that something that's kosher, is it a bit dodgy, I might not open it. And there's also a lot of fraudulent spam activity, which is which is not there on the RCS and RBM platforms. So uh, what we're seeing today is we're seeing about um, 2.5 billion RCS messages a week, that's the P2P side of things. And we're seeing about 100 million messages a week um, on, on RBM. These are, RBM is quite new in terms of it being around. It's uh, launched in a number of markets around uh, the globe, including the UK. And uh, it's, it's building up very, very quickly, actually. We're starting to see more and more businesses engage with it and start to use it as a channel to uh, uh, have what we call conversational commerce with their, with their customers.
0: Interesting. So there's a couple of comments coming through. Um, and I just want to kind of clarify one of them. So Michael Nelson uh, and has said seems like Apple has zero interest in uh, implementing RCS on their platform. But then Carl Johns, shout out to Carl as well, has said uh, Apple have Apple Business Messaging. So I think we should just clarify what what the difference is here. So correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Tim and David, but. My understanding is that RCS is the equivalent of sending a text or sending a WhatsApp message or sending an iMessage. It's the infrastructure that is laid down and, and the way that you send those messages between devices, whereas the Apple Business Messaging is the equivalent to WhatsApp Business Chat, which is the equivalent to RBS, which is the ability for businesses to plug into that messaging service. Is, is that right? No.
2: I'd say that's, that's, that's close enough. That's close enough. I think that's a good, that's a good approximation, Jane. Um I think the big difference uh, practically, uh, if you're building a conversation experience for designing a chatbot, the big difference between RBM and Apple Business Chat as Apple Business Chat only allows the user to initiate a conversation. And once the conversation closes, that's it. That's the end of the conversation. Um, there's no identifier passed to uh, the business, they can't reinitiate that conversation. Um, and um, kind of, uh, they wouldn't even, even, even if the consumer initiates a second conversation, I don't believe the is maintain conversation to conversation. So um, it's, it's very much, it's great for things like customer care, but it's that's, that's only those sorts of use cases typically we see Apple uh, Business Chat useful. With, with RCS business messaging, it comes, because it comes from the same kind of um, heritage as SMS with the same kind of permissions and opt-ins, actually with RCS Business messaging, you can actually start conversations. So that's the big difference practically for a brand or anyone developing uh, an experience. You can start the conversation if you've got an opt-in consumer mobile number and you can continue that conversation after uh, a customer's finished finish that conversation. So that could be uh, practically, so what's the kind of customer journey you might have? So um, I might book a boiler repair, for example, uh, with, with, a, with a gas company in the UK. Um, I could do that and interact with the business and start the conversation Apple Business Chat, or I could do that in our, RBM. The difference is maybe now the business wants the, the gas the gas engineer wants to tell me he's running late. Well, actually on Apple Business Chat he can't do that. He has to send me a text or he drops me an email. Uh, but with RBM actually the gas engineer can can do that conversation. He can initiate that and let you know he's going to be late. So I guess that's the difference practically. But you're right in terms of especially consumer. Messaging, they are islands. You cannot exchange our messages with, with RCS Android handsets right now. But that's something we hope will be solving in
3: the future. Yeah, and just, just to solve for that last point that David made there that you can't send rich messages between Android phones using RCS and an iPhone using uh, iMessage, uh, both actually have a fallbacks. So if I'm on my Android phone, I want to send a message to my brother who actually uses an iPhone. Um, it will just default to SMS. It will send, so I can still message them. Um, if I, if and, and, and the same the other way, if it opens up messages on his phone, uh, he'll see that I don't have uh, messaging, and he'll send me a, a green bubble as opposed to a blue one. So we have this fallback mechanism, which is built into it uh, today. And you know, one, one hopes, and the industry hopes, that maybe that will disappear at some time in the not-too-distant future, and we will have interoperability between the two.
0: Mm. We will get to one really really quick one, uh, David, and this this can be quick. So Michael asked a while back, uh, Michael Kenny. Shout out to Michael, works at Google actually. Uh, Tim, fellow colleague of yours, uh, Michael Hello. Kenny. Uh, so he's it was a question about price earlier. on. Apologies, Michael, for not seeing it till now. But um, he was asking basically, is the price difference? Based on the data mode, like if it's sent over Wi Fi, it's one price. If it's sent over, yeah.
2: So it, it's it's similar to how a consumer a consumer would be charged very similar to how they pay for WhatsApp, how they pay for Facebook Messenger, or other OTT services. It's data, so you, you wouldn't be seeing that you wouldn't be sending seeing that you've sent hundred RCS messages to a friend or to a business, and you would be charged. For 100 RCS messages on your phone bill, it'll just be coming up your data allowance if you are on a cell network 3G, 4G, 5G, or if you're on Wi-Fi, of course, it just goes over Wi-Fi. So that it's exactly the same. It's 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 pure it's data. It's not um, it's not a separate charge.
0: Cool. And you you started touching on some of the stuff that we're going to get into, David, in terms of the practical use cases for this stuff from a business perspective and, and what kind of things can businesses do and what capabilities does it have you mentioned that thing there in terms of being able to initiate the conversation and take advantage of some of those like astronomically high open rates of uh, of text messages um but first you alluded to this earlier uh, tim which is the question what what is Google's involvement in this? Like, you know, Google, obviously a huge company, up to a hell of a lot of stuff, got Android devices, over a billion of those things kicking around all over the place. Where did Google get involved in this and what is Google's role being in bringing about this RCS standard? Yeah. Um,
3: so about uh, five or six years ago, um, Google were looking at um, Android and looking at what was kind of missing in terms of the fundamentals on the Android platform. And uh, one of the primary gaps was messaging it support. Android supports SMS, but it doesn't have a rich messaging service like like Apple does with their iPhone. So we uh, it was actually prior to my tenure at Google, but um, the, the teams there were looking at well, what technology should we invest in? Should we do something proprietary? Should we look at something that's standards based? And to cut a long story short, um, many carriers uh, who work very closely with Google actually asked Google to get involved along with the GSMA, and um, we got involved with, um, with RCS. And the T-shirt I'm wearing, it says Jive. Uh, five years ago, actually this week, Google acquired a company called Jive. We still use the name today, the Jive name for the name of the service. Um, and Jive was specializing in RCS. So we brought that capability into the business and we've, we've greatly built on that. And so we work with, our, with carriers all around the world, with, with carrier partners to help them bring RCS to market. We've been doing that in several ways. Uh, we've worked um, very closely with some carriers in the early days to integrate uh, RCS into their networks. And it's quite a, quite a laborious and lengthy task to do that. The scale of global scalability was gonna be incredibly challenging. And where, we've, where we are today is Google actually provides a global RCS service around the world. It's, we've spent the last um, 18 months building this and we've almost completed its rollout. Um, so it's available right across Europe today. So if you are an Android user and your, your, your mobile network doesn't already offer you RCS, you'll be able to connect to an RCS service in your messages app on your phone. Um, and that will be provided by Google rather than the carrier itself. But it is a carrier standard service and it's, it's, it's done in partnership with those carriers. And for the business messaging side of it, the carriers are actually taking the business messaging elements to market. So Google provides some tools and infrastructure for that. And there's also other third-party vendors that do that as well. Um, And we can utilize the global network that Google has been part of building um, to allow businesses, aggregators, and businesses and brands to reach their customers. So Google have been playing this role where we've been working very closely with the ecosystem and sort of filling what unfortunately have been larger gaps than we would have hoped for at this stage, but filling those gaps to provide RCS to all Android users.
0: Okay. Nice.
3: Okay. I'll just add to you that BT, uh, obviously with David here, we have many partners, but BT have been working with us very, very closely on this for about a couple of years now, I think it is. And um, BT use our, our infrastructure. If you're a, an EE customer or a PlusNet customer, um, you on your Android phone today, you'll be able to click, uh, uh, provision yourself to accept to use the RCS service. And if you noticed it, you will see that the service is, is provided to you by Google. Um, but it's there and it's part of your, your phone and it's it part of your sort of carrier messaging stack. So you'll have SMS, MMS and then what we refer to as chat messaging within your application. And we've done some great work with, with uh, EE and, uh, and many other carriers to kind of help get this to market and it's now starting to really build up and become you know, more of a, a, a global uh, capability than it, than it has been in the past few years.
1: Are there any regions where this has started rolling out or maybe being adopted more than others?
3: Um, th- there are, but not, not because people didn't want it. Uh, I think maybe because um, some carriers kind of went to market with this sooner rather than others. Vodafone is a good example actually. Vodafone have been providing an RCS service for a number of years now. They have a fully uh, across all of their I think it's pretty much every, every network they have uh, uh, around the world, they provide RCS. Um, I would say that in terms of the business messaging side, which is kind of what developers uh, are really keen on developing for this and be able to provide fantastic experiences for their, for their brands, etc. cetera, um, we're seeing a lot of growth, uh, very quick growth in, in Mexico and Brazil. Um, we're starting to see things grow quite considerably now in France and in Spain and in the UK as well. So those countries are some that, that I'll call out where RCS is becoming uh, you know, more widespread. We have over thirty percent of Android users in Mexico and Brazil, for example, who have RCS switched on on their phones, and that's growing considerably. Um, we've got uh, significant numbers in the UK now, which is which is literally week by week increasing in terms of volume. So there's there's uh, more addressable users that are becoming coming online through the RCS channel.
0: Interesting. We've got one question. Uh, there's a couple of questions coming through now. What one on the? Uh, on the infrastructure side, finally, what like one, one one kind of more question there, and then we'll move on to the the use cases, the capabilities, the potential for businesses to actually use this kind of uh, ecosystem platform uh, to to kind of have conversations with customers. So, the one that is more kind of on the technically well, like infrastructure resource of side is from Michael Nelson, who said that would a company like Twilio, for argument's sake. Have to modify their platform and the way they do things and the way they send messages to be able to kind of incorporate this protocol?
2: So companies like Twilio, it's it's for them, it'll be just another channel. So that Twilio will already offer you SMS, MS, they are already offer you things like WhatsApp, business messaging via the API. Uh, so for them it'll just be uh, another another channel. Um there's already actually lots of platforms out there that already offer RCS today. Um, and actually BT is one of them. So if um, if you haven't got a platform which offers you RCS, um, we can offer that direct and we can RCS, but we can offer you uh, access to other channels as well. So yeah, it's all it's already out there.
1: If actually, if you don't mind, maybe let's take a step back. We've talked a little bit about it, but I think we've skirted around it a little bit. Can we go deep in really what's the, benefits of RCS, especially from a consumer perspective. why would a consumer welcome RCS uh, over SMS or MMS? You talked about some um, you know rich payloads, things like that. What is really uh, opened up here that you can do today uh, on SMS or, or MMS or even over a WhatsApp or a Facebook Messenger?
3: Sure, yeah, Uh, let me me take that. David might want to add some bits as well. Um, So, um, firstly, you're getting a rich, a native uh, messaging service on on your phone, supported by your carrier network, which I know you all love and trust, which is uh, available to you. That means you can chat to your friends and family and colleagues. You can um, have group messaging. You'll see read receipts and and, um, delivery receipts. You'll be able to send high definition pictures and videos and and uh, what else do we have? We have lots of lots of fun and rich, interesting uh, experiences which can be done from P2P. P, uh, very akin to, as I talked about earlier, the OTT services you have today. From the business side of it as well, as a consumer, when you receive a message from a business, and this is really important, really important for the developers community here to kind of uh, be aware of this. Unlike an SMS, when you receive an SMS, Quite often, or I do, I know millions of people, probably billions around the world, receive SMSs almost on a daily or weekly basis, and they're not quite sure if it's from, who they who say it's from, is it a scam, should I open it? And there's a lot of, unfortunately, fraudulent activity which happens in that channel. The carriers and, and, and other uh, uh, businesses do do a lot to combat that, but it is, a, it is a problem which is always there to be tackled. From an RBM perspective, however, um, there isn't really any spam and there isn't really any fraud. And the the reason that is is because um, everything is managed very closely. So if a business wants to send an RBM message, um, they actually have to be be verified before they can send that message. They have to verify that they are the business they say they are, and then when those messages are sent, they are verified. And as a consumer, when you receive that message, you actually have a verification stamp at the the head of the the message um, flow which will tell you that the business is who it is. If it's delivered to you by on your EE network, it will say this has been verified by BT, for example. So there's a lot more trust there. And also give you other information about that business as well if, if you don't know who they are. Um, so I think the, the sort of the safety aspects in this and the, and the removal of spam and fraud are, are a big thing here. Um, uh, and also, especially in Europe, um, you can't send messages um, across this platform unless your customer has opted in. So a business can't just send you messages because they, they somehow acquired your number. That does happen in, in other channels, uh, but they can't do that with, um, with with RBM. So you know you're receiving a, a, a message from a business who you've given your consent, and you can trust that, that, that the business is who they say they are.
1: Mm, nice. And I, I love that because uh, 2FA has also become something that you know everyone's pushing for a lot, and SMS is the easiest way to get into two-factor authentication. But everyone knows that that's uh, like you mentioned; it can be so um, so insecure. You've got the man-in-the-middle attacks. You uh, don't always know that who it's coming from. So that, that's quite interesting. But we did have a question from uh, someone who's coming unfortunately, just as a LinkedIn user. Uh, so thanks for that question. Thanks for that question. Is I didn't get how the users are addressed slash reached. Uh, is this phone number or is something else?
2: Yeah, so I can take that one and add a bit more to Tim's answer. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a phone number, exactly. So the identifier hasn't changed at all. You use your same old phone number, whether you're using text, SMS, or for RCS as well. Um, and I guess, kind of, when you asked the question, Justin, it's a really good question about what's in, what what's in it for consumers for consumer kind of P2P messaging. I think we've kind of got to be honest, kind of as, as a telco industry, uh, we've lost we've lost a lot of that traffic uh, because we haven't innovated fast enough in that space. Uh, this is why we all use whether it's iMessage or WhatsApp or face today, uh, we just haven't innovated fast enough. And for us, I think this is now we don't expect users to flock back necessarily from whatsapp to facebook that's that's now ingrained in our culture um that's where a lot of our kind of friends and family personal conversations happen um but at least we're now giving people a choice uh and they have a choice on android now as well not just just our message so um it's there and it's there for consumers to use if they want to um, if they want to give their data to facebook they can use instagram they can use whatsapp they can use Facebook messenger that's available for them to use but now they have an alternative um, to offer a similar and very comparable experience, uh, dates implemented messaging app. Yeah. Uh, but as kind of as Tim said, you kind of, know I think the real benefit for consumers is going to be probably probably less so on kind of conversations with friends and family, but more from the conversations that are already there today in the app right now, where that's from your bank, from your doctor, whether that's a password reset, um, you can now receive that over RCS as a branded verified message
0: rather than um, just black and white, as it were, SMS. Nice answer. I like that. Um, thank you, everyone, who's putting comments in. We will get to them. Uh, VJ, that's a very good comment around APIs. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Michael, question around the payload. We will also get to that in a moment. Uh, the user, Dustin, who is on LinkedIn, is Paul Imre. I don't know why it hasn't come through here, um, but oh. I can see it in the app. So, uh, yeah, apologies, Paul. Our software here is. Uh, Hasn't put your name on there for some reason. Don't know why. Um, but what we'll we'll get we'll get to those uh, more kind of technical details in a moment. And David, you can tell us a bit more about the platform that's on offer, and we can have the discussions about how to go about doing this stuff. Um, but to to kind of maybe encourage people to understand a little bit about what kind of results they might be able to. Uh, achieve if they were to kind of explore RCS messaging as a messaging channel to have interactive conversations with their customers. Elaine Jones, uh, tuning in on YouTube has said, um, do you have any stats that you can share from any campaigns So, any, have you've got any kind, I know you mentioned you've been doing some work with EE and stuff like that. Like, have you got any sort of one, what's the use case example? And then two, what was the kind of impact? Have you got anything like that, that you might be able to share with us and share with the listeners to give them a little bit of inspiration about, uh, about the potential of this stuff.
2: So, Tim, do you want me to share some stuff we've been doing with EE? Maybe yeah, if you find another... It's go ahead, yeah, go fantastic. ahead, yeah. Fantastic. So, um, so, yeah, so in EE, of course, it's kind of one of those things that you won't is for it, isn't it? So um, so we've been working with our consumer team there, uh, looking at and testing our system channel. Of course, we already use things like SMS, MS, email, just as everybody else does um, to, to communicate with our users. Um, and one of the things we've been testing exactly, kind of, uh, are we going to get the same kind of great open rates uh, that we see with SMS? um are people going to understand how rcs works i know i kind of, listen to your podcast came back kind of. i, I love kind of what people are doing with, with, with voice assistance and, and voice skills uh but the challenge i guess can i hear all the time time again is can we, do we have to teach people how do we educate people of, of what they can do with the voice assistance and i guess kind of our fear was wrong what's rcs going to be like is that going to be the same are we just going to have to start all over again and um and uh, teach people that oh, this is an rcs agent this is what you can and can't do and this is how it works and this is how you start one this is how you apply um, and that's what, exactly why we've been testing it uh, um and we've been testing it over the past year um with our own customers with our own brands with our own products um so in terms of stats which alone great question um, that we've seen Um, probably the most interesting one is the one which we ran a little while back now it was around probably around just about before lockdown uh, occurred in the UK so probably March time Um, and that was with the S20 launch the Samsung S20 launch and that was a multi-channel campaign which we ran over RCS business messaging, um, SMS, MMS and email and kind of Kind of unsurprisingly across the board, um, we were getting some relatively good open rates. Um, Of course, um, it's it's not so easy to track those over SMS and MS because you just don't get the read receipts that you get with email and RCS. Um, But the really interesting thing, kind of when we start to look down, is the click through rates. Um, So, unsurprisingly, email was by far the worst, as you'd expect. It goes into spam folders, um, people just don't open. You have way too many emails in your inbox. Um, SMS and MS performed much better, as they usually do, uh, than MS. But the outstanding number that we saw was actually RCS. We had 10 times the click-through rates into the campaign that we ran than the email campaign um, wow. absolutely astounded us, um, and uh, I'll be surprised if we ever beat that. To be honest, um, it's uh, it's an incredible number, um, and that's because the campaign. I think um, it was it was it wasn't just a message to every single EU user. That's that's not how this works. That's not how any marketing works nowadays. It it was targeted to a segment of users who we thought would be interested in the product. It was part of a conversational campaign where we introduced them to the offer, um, why they might why I might be uh, offering them the product, and gave them a range of options which was targeted to them. So a lot of the very usual tools you'd use in any kind of campaign, which is simply applied in a new channel, uh, was kind of, we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. But um, yeah, we kind of, we got those 10x uh, click-through rates uh, into the campaign. Um, but even more interesting probably as well, which is actually not just the click-through rates but the purchases, um, we only targeted five percent by our user base um, who was appropriate for that campaign with with the actual RCS message, but that five percent represented twenty five percent of all purchases in the end uh-huh. so, uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah so so yeah so we 're really seeing the results we 're really seeing the results. And we're not just uh, using the RCS as part of marketing, although that's it, it's really powerful for that for just outbound messages. But we can also use that for things like customer care now, and, and use it for inbound uh, communications as well to our brand.
1: In the in the show notes, and I don't know if this came from you, David, or you, Tim. Someone put that the design of the agent or the campaign has a big impact on that success. Yeah, so, um, and taking advantage of what's available. What you know what makes a good campaign
2: so so from that perspective so yes yeah, so this was this was not our first campaign so our first campaign i'll be honest was dreadful We actually um so we had complete opposite actually rcs had the worst click-through rate of any of the channels we went through um a uh, complete disaster and that is entirely our fault because of bad conversation design so what we did was very similar kind of flow but we said buy it, uh, buy it now And actually, people were very scared to click on the Buy It Now button. So one of the big differences between RCS and and, and SMS is RCS has buttons, suggested replies, you can just tap to reply rather than type. Um, So people were scared of clicking that button because they thought, oh, what's going to happen? Is it going to charge my credit card? Is it going to charge my mobile phone bill? Actually, what we should have said is find out more. Um, And as soon as we changed that first campaign to find out more, we doubled our click-through rate and uh, actually kind of because it was actually, that's the right call to action. So um, we've been learning about conversation design. It's a, new, it's a new skill for us. Um, we haven't run a lot of conversational campaigns in the past and experiences in, in EE. It, it, it's relatively new for us. And so kind of that learning uh, and applying that has got us from that very, very low single digit click-through rate to the 10X we saw in some of the later campaigns. Uh, so yeah, conversation design is absolutely central. Um, it's, not, it's not a silver bit of RCS. Yeah, one thing i would just add to that
3: as well is, is uh, support everything that David was saying there. I don't think your first game was
2: that bad, was it, David? It was, I know it was incredible. No, no, no it was. it was, I don't think we told you about that one, <laughs> it, was, it was that bad, it was that bad. <laughs> yeah. that uh, one quiet. The other thing
3: I wanted to add, for, sort of from a developer side, um, uh, I've been part of this with some marketing I was involved in several years ago where we did some some marketing campaigns and we had to kind of put the campaign out there and then wait wait to see what happens, are people going to respond, what are they doing? And it was a, it was a black hole really. Um, the, the tools we have with RBM, the capabilities there, mean that you can actually get metrics back very quickly. So you can see who's opened and read a message, what, what they've clicked on, what they've responded to, and you can see that in almost real time. So as a developer, you can launch a campaign and you can actually track it through its life and you can improve on it. So if things aren't working, uh, uh, initially as you want them to when you first launch, you can tweak that and make it a lot better. So, that, so as well as uh, as I talked about earlier, the, the, the verification and the trustworthiness, um, you can also use these, these uh, metrics to really help you improve your campaign without having to wait you know, a, a, a longer period of time to see how that campaign went and then try and launch another one. You can do things sort of on the fly pretty much with the, with the capabilities that are there. And that, that design is really, really important. Um, you know, getting it right, as David was saying, I would stress that it is really important. We're seeing loads and loads of examples of really interesting use cases. Um, everything from parking cars to making charitable donations. I say parking cars, sorry, looking, uh, paying for car parking and charitable donations, and and lots and lots of other things that are, that are coming through. We've got um, comp- retail companies that sell furniture and all these kinds of things, as well as banks starting to use it for different uh, different use cases. So. There's a, there's a myriad of opportunity that's out there and it takes some you know some skilled developers to get behind the wheel and build these campaigns out launch them and and you see some great successes
0: interesting you touched on payments there I was going to save this till later um when we get into the details of of how to what it looks like to actually create something for this thing But well, you mentioned payments there so is it possible to take payments within the messaging application is that yes. what, is that what you're saying Yeah, it is. Um,
3: Actually, I think a lot of people would expect that because this is kind of, uh, a lot of this is powered by Google and the Messages client, which many, many users use as a Google-built client, uh, that there's Messages natively built in there isn't actually yet. We don't have GPay and things built directly in there today. Uh, We're doing a lot of work around that. Um, But we've already seen developers who have built their own uh, uh, payment links, payment capabilities into into the conversation flow, so it's all perfectly possible. Um, and it's all there, and there'll be more richness and more functionality to come.
0: Ah, so you mean you can, as a developer or as a company, you can essentially build into the messaging application yeah. the ability to receive someone's card information. Is that what we um,
3: I, I, I won't. I'm, I'm not a technical person, so I won't go into the very specific details there. But yeah. we've been working with. So we've been working with uh, one of the uh, uh, developers. Been like that. I've been a bit closer to. Have been working with um, the, the messaging tools and platform that Google provide. They've done a, um, a thing, I think it was with Oxfam, and it allows you as, a, as, a, as an Oxfam uh, contributor member um, to be able to, to make donations through RBM. So they've developed that into the flow, and you can do that there. I won't comment specifically how they do that because I don't want to get that wrong. Um, and as I say, we are you know, what we're doing within Google is looking at building more richness and uh functionality into into this to make it as 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 smooth as uh, 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 experience for users as possible
0: g p integration would be absolutely yeah ideal wouldn't it that's that's the dream that like android phone g p straight away ideal um so david you hinted at this earlier on as well in terms of the kind of development capability or the development environment and you saying that you'd kind of been designing conversations for these things so the way I'm imagining it at the moment is you've got a platform where people can go sign up log in you can then design out your conversational architecture and essentially you can then make that live. As soon as you start receiving phone numbers, you can then, you know, start determining when you want to send what messages that will kick users into a certain flow that you've designed. Is, is that correct? And do you want to tell us a bit more about if that is correct, more about the platform? And if it's not correct, what does the platform look like?
2: Yeah, so I'll dive into that, and probably it's best to talk about the how the RCS uh, developer platform is working because that's that's managed and run by Google, and specifically how that how that works. Uh, But at the moment, yes, so. You, if you're developing a conversational experience, whether that's a chat bot or kind of connecting into kind of a live customer care agent, um, you should be able to use largely the tools that you've already got today. So whether that's uh, kind of building an experience on, on Google's Dialogflow, whether that's actually hard-coding an agent in, in Python, um, using um, or, or working with a platform like Twilio, um, you should be able to take those, those conversations and it's it's just another it's just another api it's another channel that you would select for rcs the difference would be is that you would want to tailor your conversation the payload to maximize utility of rcs because there's things you can do in rcs uh which you can't necessarily do in other channels so you wouldn't be Really utilizing it. Um, now, of course, that means that there are platforms out there who've specialized and have actually got dedicated development environments for you. Um, they, they've, got, they've got a visual user interface for you to actually kind of work through your conversational flow. Um, so that. The, the, there's a the whole variety of different options depending on whether you are kind of, uh, kind of a, a developer who likes to code or whether you're more of a no-code type developer. So all those options are available. The difference will be between rcs and other channels is that you always have to cut you always have to register your agent and the reason you have to register your agents um is because we need to do that brand verification piece that tim was talking about earlier so um that uh you can have a secure environment um within for consumers to experience this in um so uh, tim i don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about kind of the developer console uh and how that works
3: yeah we have a so we have a developer console as david says we're not we provide tools free of charge for any developer to use mm-hmm. uh, david mentioned dialog flow which is a which is a tool we have for building out the conversational ai chatbots which is um which is really good and of course, lots of developers already use different tools we provide a platform and we provide an api when um, mm-hmm. we have a dev site where developers can go to that site and register and we'll give you access to that and you can start um, using the, the, the capabilities that we have there. Um, I, I, won't, I won't talk a lot more, more about it. I will, I will I'm sure, uh, Kane you'll add in the show notes uh, some of the links to that. The developers can go there today and start developing and experimenting with their bots. Um, we've got um, hundreds of developers using this already. Um, so it's, uh, it's continuously sort of being developed by our engineering department. So that is there for, for users to use today, for developers, sorry, to use
2: today. And I, the only thing I would add is kind of that's there for developers to experiment, to play around with. You can um, kind of you can register demo devices, so that you can straight away if you've got if you've got an Android device with Android messages, then you can straight away be playing around with it and uh, and uh, experimenting with chatbot denim there. Um, if you are a brand or you're wanting to launch a commercial um, RCS agent, then the process is slightly different, and because um, we, we, as a network, we we don't we can't work with hundreds and hundreds of different brands directly. Um, we can't work with um, kind of hundreds of thousands of different developers who might want to uh, experiment with this platform. Uh, that's the sort of thing that Google typically do globally, but we can't do uh, just locally in the UK. So if you want to launch an agent on directly kind of targeting uh, users and interacting with users on the EU network, um, you have to be sending a million messages typically a month for us to be able to accept your agent directly um, via the Google platform. Otherwise, we would need you to go through one of our partners. Um, So that's something which, um, yeah, we can put the link to that in the show notes uh, for more information. That's simply because um, typically we're finding it's also with our partners, they've got the experience. They're the ones who are already using RCS. They can talk to you about how to do RCS pull to SMS if if you're just trying to save, send a message to an Apple phone and it doesn't, of course, have RCS, you might want to as an So they'll help you uh, with all that, uh, with all that stuff. So that's just the only little kind of caveat um, I'd add to that, so there is a little bit of complexity there.
0: Okay. And are those partners, would that be something like a, a Twilly or, or another sender, or is it like a.? Consult- it's, exa- it's exactly those sorts of kind of the usual
2: suspects, um, exactly. So, anybody, any, so the sorts of platforms who would be uh, large senders of SMS and uh, large senders of other, other messaging uh, channels, those would be exactly the sorts of partners um, that um, you'd be able to connect to.
0: Cool. So, I'm going to go back to VJ's comment from earlier on. I hope you're still tuning in, VJ, and apologies, it took us a while to get to your question. But so, VJ, and, and Tim, you alluded to it um, just then. So, VJ has asked, does it have APIs to integrate with chatbots? So, I think we've established that it does, mm-hmm. and that you can integrate with existing chatbots, which presumably means that you can almost mirror your chatbot experience in the RCS world. Uh, only perhaps making some slight amendments and adjustments to cater for the enhanced functionality that exists over there. The question that that I would have is that, and I don't know whether this is something that is, you know, maybe is one to pick up with the the platform team or whatever, but if you were to build something from scratch using the Google-provided platform, does that have, like, the, the natural language understanding capability within it Or would you need to use something like a Rasa or a Dialogflow to get that natural language understanding?
3: Yeah, so part of the tools we have in our developer platform is Dialogflow, it's owned by Google, and that has NLU um, capability there. So we've we've got, uh, it's not, as I said earlier, it's not the only tool, there's there's lots of others, there's lots of other um, companies, some of which I've worked for in the past to develop and provide this capability as well. So you can use what we have as part of that platform, or you can kind of bring your own uh, capabilities you have
0: and and, and leverage those nice um, Michael has got another question Michael Kenny has got a question around we're talking about payments and and you know opt-in engagement payments uh, what about PCI compliance? will that eventually become part of the platform that that you build and publish through or will that kind of remain the responsibility of the uh, the client, the the company publishing the the experience. That is a good question
3: that I can't answer today, unfortunately. I can uh, refer that and try and get back to you, Michael, with what the plans would, would be and how that would work. But I can't answer that um, myself today, unfortunately. But we can look into that for you.
0: Cool.
2: I mean, I'll well, just I'll just say in terms of kind of not so much the client side, but I mean, for example, if you have. If you have a payments portal on the website, you could, also, you could always have a conversational flow and say, right, we need you to take a payment. You can you can have a link. You can have a link that takes you straight through to the payments portal that you already have on the web and in the embedded web view, and you could take the payments through that mechanism. So you wouldn't necessarily have to do something specific for the client. You could take an existing portal. Hopefully you've got the personalization and you've got the connections in there that you've already pre-populated the basket or um, they've got their details. So you've authenticated the user you're not having to log back in again because that would be a very kind of uh very clanky customer experience, but that's, that's the sort of alternative. And similarly, I mean, there's there's already um there are kind of experiences where you might want to charge it to your mobile phone bill. Um, so um, for some use cases, actually don't charge to bill might be appropriate. So maybe things like car parking, um, you might charge it to your mobile phone bill rather than charge to your credit card, for example. Hmm.
3: And yeah, so, as
1: oh go ahead, just going to say, Michael, i
3: I found you on our directory, I will ping me offline and we can sort of discuss that a bit further if you want to.
1: And so as we get to the top of the hour, if anyone has any further questions, definitely go ahead and share those in the chat and we'll try to work those in. But in the meantime, uh, what are people not building on RCS today that you think they should? Are there companies that you think uh, aren't looking at this and you go, that would be a perfect company to start using RCS?
2: Uh, from my from my perspective, it's I think because this has come out from kind of the, the SMS and kind of telco world, we're seeing a lot of people developing and kind of upgrading effectively those SMS experiences, um, which is kind of we, that we we love to see that. That's exactly what we'd expect. But on the flip side, actually, yeah, kind of it's it's uh, kind of what we're seeing on the, on, in terms of the voice world. I'm seeing all these fantastic, much richer, much more complicated conversational flows with voice assistants, and actually, I guess. That's probably not what I'm seeing enough of. I'd love to see more and more of those uh, those conversational flows maybe designed for voice. Some of those would be absolutely perfect um, to be putting on an RCS channel um, if it's appropriate because um, you've got the persistence there. You've got the persistence there you might not have with voice if you want to deliver uh, visual content, uh, whether it's photos or videos. Uh, People actually want to take those experiences offline and and kind of chat to them as and when it's convenient for them. So um, that's the sort of thing I'd love to see more of.
3: Yeah, I would just add that just the nature of, of this, the async nature of this. So obviously, if you are if you're you talk to your customers on the phone, which can often be a very appropriate thing to be doing, but many customers want to uh, get information, get support, get help, whatever it might be, make a payment, do it quickly, pay for something, do it quickly. Um, and they don't want to have to sit on the phone and wait to speak to someone or sit and, and try and navigate their way through an IVR. Uh, messaging is just fantastic for dealing with this, and we are just seeing just just hundreds and hundreds of different brands that do different things, um, sort of venture into this space. As David was saying, most companies today use SMS from sort of the local bakeries on the corner that we see to the big, you know, multinational car manufacturers and all sorts. So it really is open to to to, to all types of industries to use, and um, you know, we believe that going into the future, this will become. One of the go-to channels for, for, for businesses to be using to have that conversational experience with their with their customers, but really something that the customer actually enjoys using and gets a lot of benefit from.
1: When are the one of the next elections in the UK? Is this perhaps a, a vector for politicking?
2: Maybe. <laughs> well, I they're not for another four years. I think we had our we had our most recent one uh, a while ago. So we we've uh, I won't speculate, but uh, there's time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just in some, some use cases, we've
3: seen, um, we've seen different, um, in different countries, we've seen some of the, actually the carriers, the mobile network operators, actually been providing help and advice around the, the COVID situation we're in to their mm-hmm. subscribers. Um, and that has been a fantastic use case because you can actually send people information, which is uh, graphical and can have videos and imagery in there. So anything about symptoms, about rules and regulations they need to uh, pay attention to. And a kind of Q and A, and it can all be automated, or it can shift to a live chat person if that's if that's applicable. So we're seeing kind of lots of use cases being built very, very quickly to deal with things that are happening, you know, as and when they happen. So um, yeah, there just are great use cases. I know in the US that messaging um, is 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 a is a highly used channel in 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 the campaigns and the political campaigns. I'm not so sure how much it is used in the UK, but um, yeah, four years time, let's hope it is.
0: Well, but the UK tends to tends to kind of follow U.S. trends in in lots of cases, doesn't it? Certainly, where kind of media and advertising is such is concerned. So maybe that's what it'll be. Maybe you'll be able to have a little kind of like you know RCS conversation with the candidates and figure out what they're all about.
3: Yeah, well that's that'd be perfectly possible. Yeah.
0: Nice, wicked. Well, Tim, David, this has been absolutely immense paul has said this has been really useful thanks to the team and to the contributors and i think that um i don't even think that goes far enough i think that it's been absolutely enlightening everything we've learned today in terms of you know the potential for rcs and the 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 i think the the i want to call it like dynamism is it would you describe it as that it's a lot more dynamic you know feel rather than sms texting that kind of stuff i know that you know uh whatsapp and stuff like that is the business chat is starting to gain a bit of kind of traction but i think that you can't beat at the default on on a phone the default is a default isn't it default wins nine times out of ten and so i think the, the the more android phones that get this kind of capability on there um i think that the the opportunities are absolutely huge and as soon as you know when you can start kind of enabling payments enabling rich conversations and and really rich user engagement i think it's uh yeah potential is absolutely massive so I'm i'm looking forward to rolling my sleeves up a little bit and uh, diving in.
3: No, it's been an absolute pleasure and, you know, we're happy to to help out developers and, uh, you know, where we can and we really look forward to more and more joining the ecosystem and really making the most
0: of it. And you've got a developer day coming up, David. Yes, that's right, actually.
2: Um, So not not me, but uh, us on Google. So um, we're going to be running a workshop uh, November 4th. So yes, just after the US elections, but just before the UK's uh, bonfire night. Um, So 4th of November, um, I think. Okay, maybe you can share the link in the show notes, but that's mm-hmm. for anybody who wants to find out a bit more and also get their hand, hands dirty, building up a conversational agent. We'll be using Dialogflow, I think, uh, for that. Um, but yeah, come and join us. We're gonna be trying to run a, a series series of events over the next coming months, uh, just to kind of make sure that people have got the tools that they need, and, and also get feedback as well. Um, it's still, kind of, as, as Tim said, Alice's is quite an old technology. But it's still relatively early days kind of launching this, enabling businesses to use this. So, um, yeah, to get feedback as well of what we should be doing different to build it better.
0: Nice one. We'll put the links to that in the show notes. And uh, you mentioned the platform earlier on, Tim. Where can people find that? Where can people go to learn more about this and and start kind of, you know, rolling the sleeves up and playing about with some of this stuff?
3: Uh, They can go to jive.mobile.com. Come on, I need to check. I'll, I'll send you the link. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can put that in the um, put that in the in the show notes.
0: Indeed, okay. we will do just that. Uh, thank you both so much. It's been absolutely unbelievable. Uh, we'll stick the links to all of that stuff in the show notes. We'll stick your kind of contact details and stuff in there as well in case people want to reach out and you know, um, figure out how they can kind of get onboarded and things like that. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone for joining in and for tuning in and for putting your questions down there and uh, and participating. It's been really, really good. Uh, Next week, we will be chatting with Mike Zagorsik from SoundHound about all of the various ins and outs of SoundHound and what it's like to build your own independent voice assistant and how you can use SoundHound to do the same. Uh, Thank you again, Tim. Thank you, David. Uh, Thank you everyone for tuning in. And until next time, see you later.
3: Cheers.